If you're interested in building a large portfolio, we're talking $100 million plus. Stay tuned in this upcoming episode. Let's go. Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you're having yourself a wonderful day. I'm going to keep this one tight. Uh, there is a lot to go into it. So another um, deep dive interview in the series, another one of the, you know, standing on the shoulders of Giants interviews. And today I have the wonderful opportunity. I had the wonderful opportunity. It's been a couple years ago now. Um, on one of my trips out, you know, back when we could, you know, used to travel and go do live events and all those wonderful things, I had a great opportunity to sit down with a good friend, and that's Mr. Brian Pullis. And I've known Brian for, geez, coming on probably 13, 14 years ago now, and every time I ever get a chance to have a conversation with Brian, you know, one of those conversations when you have with somebody, after you leave, you feel like you're a better person. That's what it feels like after every time I've ever had an interaction with Brian and his family and any one of their team members. Just a wonderful, wonderful family-run business, a wonderful mission-based um, company, a wonderful, um, you know, a wonderful, just good people. You know, there's an old saying from Saskatchewan where I'm from is, you know, use good people. And that's what I would say to Brian and his family uh, fully as they're just amazing, amazing people. So this one's a very deep one. We go very deep. So I'm breaking this up into two. So this was originally shot on, um, on a four part video series. And, and you guys want to know a little behind the scenes. You want to know why I'm breaking, I broke them into four parts. Uh, you know, it's, it's a really big trade secret. Why? And it has very lots of deep, thinking and intentionality by, by why I had to break it into four parts. It's because that's as long as the video camera would record for is 30 minutes at a time. So I had to reset the camera every 30 minutes. And you know what? Um, it turned out to be, you know, if you, if you bookend it and you frame it really well, you can actually have some amazing standalone four part series. Okay. So with that little look behind the scenes, what I've done is I've put from the four-part video series. I've put part one and part two into episode 94, and I'll put part three and part four in episode 95 when that comes out next week. I might have a video in between. There's um, a Bank of Canada announcement that's upcoming. I might shoot a little live broadcast uh, in the next uh, day or two when that comes out, and I think that's coming out on Wednesday. So this will drop Tuesday, probably on Wednesday. Um, if there's something of some note during that time, I might do a little live broadcast on the YouTube channel and then maybe include that on the podcast as well. So it may be broke up between 94 and 95 with a little announcement in between with the Bank of Canada announcement there as well. But but with that being said, what I wanted to share with you guys, if you have not yet checked out my YouTube channel or subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do. Um, there is a tremendous amount of information, tremendous amount of resources, a tremendous amount of more in-depth content on there. I tighten things up a lot there. I do a lot more of the edit 
on there as well. I also break out clips. I break out clips from some of the long form things to answer specific questions, which is specific for, you know, for YouTube, for the algorithms to, to be able to get found on the search engines. So, you know, if you want to go check that out, this interview, along with many of the other ones, plus also maybe standalone segments are all on the YouTube channel there as well. Okay. You know, I have a Great honor and a great opportunity here to connect with a true leader, true gentleman, if you will, a true gentleman in the real estate industry. He is an expert. You know, his story is a really cool story. I never, I, you know what, I knew Brian and I knew of him and I knew a lot that he was doing, but I never knew the full backstory. And this was a great opportunity that I had to talk to him and get in depth into the backstory. It's all started with one single family uh, a single family property, a student rental. And from student rentals, he slowly started pivoting. He slowly started pivoting into a larger multifamily product. He slowly started pivoting into um, raising capital, raising capital from the public, raising capital from family and friends. You know, and this one, uh, like I said, it's going to be over two parts. We go really deep into the weeds. We go really deep into the the conversation. We go really deep into the action. How do you raise the capital? How do you work with family? How do you outsource? How do you build and scale a $100 million portfolio plus and growing strong each and every day? There will be something for everybody on this episode. So make sure you have yourself a pen and paper because you will be taking plenty of notes and you will come back to this episode often. So make sure if this resonated with you, if this this, um, sparked an inspiration or a thought or uh, one of those light bulb moments, if this sparked the light bulb moment for you, do not let it pass you by. Take some action, move forward, do something with what you learn from this. That is the true, that would be the greatest gift that you can offer to myself is if you take something that you learn from this podcast episode or any of the other episodes, if you take something and you actually do something with it, it's not just about passively listening. It's about actually grabbing hold of the information writing it down, teaching it to others, sharing it amongst more people, and most importantly, doing something with it. Okay, gang, with all that being said, let's get right after it. Please help me welcome Mr. Brian Polis. All right, guys, welcome back, everybody, to the Raising Capital interviews. And actually, I've, I've actually changed the name. I'm actually now calling them Standing on the Shoulders of Giants interviews. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we have some unbelievable giant shoulders that we're going to be having a conversation here with. Wow. So um, before we get into introducing, you know, I consider Brian probably one of the most interesting people in real estate. Oh, I really do. You, you know that, that meme, the guy, the most interesting <laughs> man in real estate? I always consider Brian that. So... One of my favorite movies of all time is It's a Wonderful Life, the old mm-hmm. Frank Capra movie. Yeah. And at the very end of the movie, and I'm sorry to say, I cry almost every time I watch it, mm-hmm. when he gets the book at the end of the gift, and inside the gift it's written in there, no one is a failure who has friends. Thanks yeah. for the wings, yeah. love Clarence. Yeah. Um, I consider myself one of the most 
successful people alive because I have amazing friends. Mm -hmm. And um, I would consider you a very good friend. Oh, thank you very and, much. And uh, so with that being said, everybody, this is Brian Pullis. Brian? Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the, <laughs> welcome to the interview. Thank you. So first of all, describe where we are. We're, you know, we're downtown Brampton. Obviously, yep. this is a corner office. Brian gave me this uh, wonderful uh, tour mm -hmm. of, of your facility here. And yep. It's it's a it's a mini empire. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm how many people are working here now? Um, our team, I guess, there's about uh, twelve of us, yeah. I guess, in total. Um, and then we've got uh, obviously people in the cities of which we yeah. have properties in. So our boots on the ground. Yeah, and it's truly a family organization, top to bottom. It is. Yeah. Um, your daughter is here. Your, That's right. Your wife is here. Yeah. Your son is going to be here very shortly. I should be interviewing him very soon too. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we need to get the next generation, That's the younger right. people, interviewed. Right. Yeah, the brains of the yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Um, so. I think we're in a really cool time for you, Brian, right now. You're, yeah. in, you're in a transition, if you will, mm -hmm. within the business. You've, yeah. you've come a long way. Now you're handing over the reins over to, to Kyle. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a really cool time if we have this chance to sit down and, and have an interview. Yep. And uh, so maybe for people that don't know who you are, because this mm -hmm. goes nationally, it's actually going to um, North American wide to a lot of different people. Um, maybe just give the, the Coles Notes version about who Brian Pullis is and mm -hmm. where you've come from and maybe what, uh, where things are at today. Yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost is I'm a, I'm a dad, I'm a grandfather yeah. now, um, husband. Um, you know, we kind of lived in the, the Brampton area where our mm -hmm. office is here for, uh, oh, 35 years now, I guess. Yeah. And uh, um, my, you know, my, my um, movement into the real estate investment world was really kind of perpetuated by, you know, just me being very unhappy with where my investment returns were, right. you know, back in the late 90s, uh, early 2000s. Um, and boy, am I glad that I, you know, kind of picked up those first few books and mm -hmm. started re researching this business model and, uh, and here we are, you know. What would have been the first, what was the first kind of, uh uh, inflection point of maybe the book or what was the first uh, first one that you that would you kind of attribute to the to the journey change uh, Robert Kiyosaki's book <laughs> yes. yeah there's been an awful lot of people yeah. that said the purple book has been the one that's, uh, that's changed, right. changed a lot of directions I yeah. actually mine was actually I saw Robert on Oprah oh yeah okay right, in the original interview yeah yep. and that's where it started so yeah no that's where it started is uh, reading his book um, but uh, I was a sponge at that time I was picking up uh, any any book I could uh, get my hands on. Um, had a really good friend of mine, um, and have a really good friend of mine that's a real estate agent, and mm -hmm. um, him and I had many, many conversations on how do you know real estate investors get uh, more mortgages and so on. So mm -hmm. that's what kind of got me into it. So the bug got bit, when, when was that approximately timeline? Uh, that would have been in uh, 1999, year 2000, is when yep. I first wow. started to, uh, to uh, pick up some books and start yeah. reading it. I didn't acquire my first property. Um, um, it's you know all about knowledge. Yes. I mean, so I wanted to make sure that I knew what I was doing and um, picked a lot of brains and went to a lot mm -hmm. of um, events if I could find any. Rain mm -hmm. wasn't in Ontario yet at that yeah. time, um, and um, joined the Raymond Aaron group. Um, oh yes, there's a couple couple group. people I've interviewed. Yeah. Raymond was a, Raymond's a. Say what you want about Raymond. You know, That's right. He's made an impact. Exactly. In, in many Absolutely. ways, to, to you know, say what you want. Right. Absolutely. A lot of people don't like his selling style, but he yeah. he's been a, a catalyst for a lot of people's careers. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So um, 
you know, and uh, yeah, I acquired my first property in 2002, which was a student house. Right. Yeah. So you can almost even joke that you uh, you got the bug, uh, you know, at the turn of the century. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> right? yes. I, I make those jokes. This so when right. did you get started? Well, I've been investing since or thinking about it since the turn of the century. <laughs> That's a fun way of it. So your first uh, student rental, yep. 2002. That's right. Um, did you have the resources at your t- disposal at that time to, to take the plunge in? I did, yeah. yeah I had a, I'd been in business for myself since I was 23 years old. Yes. Um, had a furniture business um, that uh, we're doing refinishing of furniture and, and then moved into um, uh, retail as well. Um, and very successful operation, just, uh, you know, it was providing me with the cash flow mm-hmm. that you know, I guess I'd always dreamt of, but um, wasn't cre- it wasn't creating the wealth. Right. Um, you know, being in the retail business, unfortunately, to sell a retail store is very, very difficult mm-hmm. um, because the, the, the cost of entry for an individual to get into a furniture store is very low. Right. Right. I mean, they just, you know, build a relationship with a furniture manufacturer and they can start carrying the product and start selling it. So therefore, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to retire by selling my business. And I Mm -hmm. had to start looking at other forms of investing. I mean, I was in, you know, I had a... uh, a financial advisor that was helping me as well, but um, unfortunately, returns that I was generating through the public markets just were incredibly unstable. Mm-hmm. And you know, when when you get to know me, you start realizing that I'm incredibly risk adverse. Right. You know, um, I am looking for. It's called wisdom. It's as as a yeah, it's, but, it's our it's our new hair color. It's it's, <laughs> it's called wisdom, L'Oreal. But wisdom by That's L'Oreal. Right. That's right, and uh, you know, but I had that wisdom actually quite early on, and it's like I just wanted stability, yeah. and uh, so you know, and and actually, I could kind of segue that into the real estate. I get mm-hmm. into real estate and start doing student housing. Yeah. Well, there's no stability in student <laughs> housing, so that's where you know I I then moved into you know multifamily. Right. Um, so. You know, with, um, yeah, so with uh, getting into uh, the student homes in 2002, mm-hmm. um, it was with my own my own cash yep. that I had. Um, matter of fact, I was able to acquire uh, two student homes and a cottage at the same time. And okay. that was actually a book I think that I had read. Um, I can't remember. Uh, Allen, Robert Allen. Oh, yes. I think Robert no Allen's money book. Down. Yeah, but I think series. he... Yeah, but I think there was a, a, a part in his book. Now, I, I could be giving him the credit, but maybe it was another author. But somebody that I was reading at that time mm-hmm. talked about how if you wanted a boat, for example, yep. and the boat you know, cost X amount of dollars and you finance that, mm-hmm. um, not that I'm big on financing boats, by the way, but if you were to finance yep. that, then buy a rental property that cash flows enough to make that to make Pay, that payment, yes. right? Yeah. So don't put your money in the boat. Put your money in the in yep. the asset that is basically going to provide you the income to pay for the boat, right? right. So in that thinking, I thought, okay, well, I, I like that thinking, yeah. and uh, so I ended up buying a cottage mm-hmm. um, that really has turned into my dream place. Right. I love absolutely spending time there, um, but I bought that in two thousand and two, and. 
you know, and true enough, I mean, the two student houses that I purchased at that time were paying all the bills of this cottage. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, do you still own those student houses? I don't. Yes. I um, moved away from student <laughs> housing. You moved away from the, the headache and the pain in the butt of, of, of management of student housing. <laughs> yeah, actually, the instability of it. Ah, okay. Okay. It's the instability of it. It's that uh, the problem with um, that I was, you know, uh, I guess, experiencing with rental mm -hmm. properties or sorry, with um, student houses is that there's a certain period of time of which you have to rent out that that unit mm -hmm. in order to be able to get a year's rent. Right. Um, and if you miss that window, you could be empty for four months throughout the summer months, right? right? right. So the, you know, I mean, that loss of income for those four months, um, I mean, it would basically eat up my cash flow for yep. the year, nope. right? So um, I it's didn't like changed that. a little bit. I see a lot of people that have you know systemized it now, and they are getting some. But it is it is a it's a full time commitment to, to manage that, and you have to be it prepared, is. right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it, you know it's not for the faint of heart to get into student housing. It's really nice on paper and cash yeah. flow. Some yeah. people, you know, fall in love with the romance of it mm -hmm. more than the actual doingness of it. Exactly. Right? And and as much as I had a positive experience yeah. and I yeah. made, you know, really good money on those mm -hmm. on those rentals, I didn't see myself being able to scale that. Right. Right? Um, not with you know, the, not with my personality, not with the way mm -hmm. I like to conduct business and and have a very organized tight yep. ship. Um, I found that to be a bit more challenging with mm -hmm. uh, with student housing mm -hmm. as opposed to say uh, regular rentals. Right. Okay. Now we're we're going to I'm going to circle back here. We're going to talk about the first time that you hit the wall mm -hmm. of lack of not having your own investment capital and you went to whether it was family and friends. We'll come back to that. But mm -hmm. I wanted to just kind of book in the story. So 2002, the first student housing. Mm -hmm. um, let's just date this. It's 20, what is it? 2018. 2018, <laughs> 18. yeah. Let's call it November. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. still beautiful out. The golf That's courses right. are still green. Um, what's, the, what's the portfolio looking like today? So mm -hmm. was that 16 years? Right. 16 years, yeah. Now, um, it's a combination. I'd say the total value of the portfolio yeah. is somewhere in around the 80, 80 to 90 million um, is where the portfolio is right now. Yeah. That's a combination of um, uh, two investment funds that we are yeah. running right now. One is, um, one is wrapping up this year and, uh, um, and some of those investors are rolling over into our second offering. But um, so there's a combination of, of that, which I call that more of our public, mm -hmm. um, you know, capital raise. Yep. Um, and then we have some joint venture partners on yep. some projects that we uh, that we own. And uh, then Kyle and I, um, or the family, has yep. um, its own portfolio as well. Wow. It's funny. It's one of the things that I, I often feel like one of my roles and one of my intentions and what things that I'm called to do mm -hmm. is... Um, share I'm almost like an ambassador of possibilities mm -hmm. but I'm not just not my it's I'm not I'm actually bringing you to the people that are watching this but here here let's think about this from one student house in mm -hmm. 2002 that's 16 right. years later to a portfolio of 80 90 million that's that is incredible yeah right and that shows what can be done and and you, I know you well enough. You probably will say this: is that there was not, there's nothing extraordinary, special about what you did. Was you just right. put the boots on every day and went to work? Yeah, it's right? um, you know kind of Don's philosophy. It's yeah. actually um, just uh, Gary Peters, um, mm -hmm. who's been with me for a long time. Um, you know, in, in all the business that I've ever been involved in, 
Um, him and I were just talking about this this morning as Don, mm -hmm. Don's phrase of the extra 10%. Yeah. Um, my phrase was a little different that I adopted from a family friend when um, you know he was successful in business and this goes back to the uh, early 80s when I was in my early 20s and mm -hmm. I'd keep picking his brain every time I'd see him at a family function but his was is that you know, whatever you do, whatever you get into, mm -hmm. do it at 150%. Yeah. And his philosophy was it didn't matter what you chose, mm -hmm. you know, because I was looking for the perfect business opportunity, yeah. right? They don't and, exist. <laughs> well, and they don't, and it's also based on, the, but that question is a bit subjective in the yeah. sense that what is your experiences and what are you good at and yeah. so on, right? So, um, so, you know, I guess I frustrated him enough that at one point he just said enough. He says, like, it doesn't matter what you pick. Mm -hmm. Just do it at 150%, yeah. and opportunity will find its way to your door. Yeah. And uh, wow. true enough. Well, you brilliant. Know. Right. You know, I often, you know, there's a big kind of thing floating around the internet right now. And so it's, well, what's your inner superhero and mm -hmm. things like that? Mm -hmm. And I, I often joke that my, my inner superhero, and I think you're very similar uh, vein of this, is, and it's not a very sexy superhero, it's, it's Mr. Show Up. All we do is we just keep showing up. That's right. And he's like, da da we show up, right? And we just, you just, you know, you get knocked down 10, get up 11, knock, get knocked down 11, get up 12. You're actually right? stealing my thunder when right? it's like, you know, when we start talking about the investment fund that we're mm -hmm. doing, it's, yeah. um, that's what I was told. Yeah. I was told by, you know, our marketer who, um, you know, is an, you know, an expert in the industry, of course, mm -hmm. um, that, uh, and, and has his pick of whoever he wants to, yeah. you know, choose to work with. And he says, your time has come. He says, mm -hmm. because you guys just keep showing up. Yeah. And, and you know, at the end of the day, it's the ones that never, never, that will, you can never beat somebody who won't quit. Yeah. Yeah. Really think about it, mm -hmm. right? So, so we've got every we've got every meme, we've got all the cliches covered mm -hmm. now, yeah, we've yeah, got yeah. everything like that. So, so suffice it to say, in order to build a portfolio of 80, 90 million dollars, mm -hmm. uh, you had to learn a few things about raising some capital, mm -hmm. right? So, and I know you didn't start right into raising 10, 5 million dollars yeah. at a time and things like that. You probably started with some inner circle or family and friends. So, let's go back to what was your first what you would consider maybe outside of family money that you first raised as a, as a joint venture partner or, or in a deal? Um, it was actually pretty early. So mm -hmm. um, I had bought the first two properties, I guess, on my own, bought a third property on my own. Um, and as I bought the third property, a friend of mine um, had approached me and uh, uh, who had been watching what I was yep. doing and um, had asked some questions. and. He, he invested with me um, right from the very beginning. I, I'm going to say, though, that was probably the easiest money mm -hmm. that, that came to me. Well, that um, came, see, the thing is, here's the point. It came to you. you that's didn't, right. You didn't seek it out. It nope. was just that he just came to you because he saw what you were doing. He saw right. what I was doing. Um, he also um, was very close to me, so was also mm -hmm. knew my business acronym yep. and knew how I conducted myself as far as businesses. So, therefore, it was um, it wasn't a far far stretch for him to mm -hmm. to trust me with his investment dollars. Right. Um, and uh, so together we bought a couple of properties very quickly, yep. um, which then presented other opportunities as well for my own portfolio. Mm -hmm. um, that still in single still single families in, in, in yeah. Single I moved family. away from um, so the first three were student houses. Yes. They were mine, um, and when I partnered with uh, the first joint venture partner, 
um, it was my suggestion that we go to duplexes at that yep. time. Right. Um, and uh, so that's what we had done. And, um, and, and then I started building up a portfolio of duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, and so on. Yep. And, you know, the experiences with the other joint venture partners all happened just organically. Mm -hmm. So rather than me being strategic about looking at um, raising dollars, I mean, it was strategic in the sense that I knew that I needed to kind of get out of my shell, mm -hmm. um, bit of an introvert, and um, <laughs> you know, so I needed to get out of my shell and, 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 and allow people the opportunity of knowing what I'm doing, mm -hmm. right? So that, so that, you know, with that, with that information, I mean, I guess I've always been the type of guy that when I come up with something great, mm -hmm. I like to share it with the world. Yeah. You know, I don't like to, I, I, I never consider myself the sharpest knife in the drawer. And therefore, if I've come across this information mm -hmm. and if I can do it, so can you. Yeah. Right. And so I like to share that information, but I like to share it in a way of let me help you get into this yeah. as opposed to, you know, partner with me and let mm -hmm. me help you yeah. with this. So it was always mm -hmm. trying to teach people how to get into real estate yep. investing, of which many of them that would then come to the conclusion that they don't have the time or they don't have the mm -hmm. acronym or they just, you know, just aren't interested, yeah. right? And we could get into an entire, that's exactly my entire philosophy too, is teach people, show people everything you know. Mm -hmm. And some, so far, most of my investment partners have been the ones that came to the conclusion of, yeah, I think we'd, I'd be better off just giving that's it right. to you. Yeah. Um, and, and here's the beautiful thing, and you know, we could, we could literally talk on securities until the cows come home. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you have to stand in front of somebody and say, know thy client. How well do you know the client is? Here's, right. here's a relationship I've mm -hmm. had with them. I coached them, I yeah. consulted with them. I did this, it's you know been six months or a year, and here's everything I provided. And eventually they just became a client of an investment fund. Exactly. Now you can stand there in integrity and mm -hmm. you, you're you well protected That's right. of knowing your client as opposed to, I put a Facebook ad up, somebody contacted yeah. me and no, next two weeks later, they gave me a hundred thousand dollar promissory note. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, a recipe for disaster. Exactly. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so you had your first one, which then would have, you know, let me ask a side, at that time, because I know some of your story too, were you still, you had a sales consulting company and you actually had a coaching practice too. Were you doing that at the same time or was the furniture business still still yeah. there? Yeah, no, I, I didn't have a sales consulting company, oh, right. but I okay. had, um, I still had my furniture business. Yes. but. In my late 30s, um, and I mentioned Gary Peters before, Gary P Peters had started working with me since he was like, you know, 19, 20 years old. Right. Um, and a matter of fact, I make the joke that he started his uh, first position with me was actually a stripper. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, a, I, I get a, it, a furniture, furniture, yeah. Yeah, furniture restoration business. <laughs> and, uh, and he was hired on as a laborer to strip yeah. furniture. But, uh, but anyways, years later, um, he, you know, he's a very smart guy as well and mm -hmm. uh, was able to move into taking over my company. Between him and uh, my wife, they were running all the day-to-day -day of the business, yeah. which gave me the freedom to be able to start researching and getting in, into, you know, kind of other ventures. So, right. um, so I still had that when I started getting into um, uh, real estate. Mm -hmm. um, just came to the realization though by 2005, 2006, that if I took all the money that was sitting on my floor as inventory, right. and if I put that in, in real estate, 
mm -hmm. okay, that I probably would do a lot better in the long run. And so here we are, right? right. So, um, but there was also some, some nuggets of information, I guess, that we were not impressed with as far as the furniture industry and the direction that it was moving, mm -hmm. uh, where a lot of product was now being knocked off in, uh, mm -hmm. in Asia and, and being brought over yep. at a fraction of the cost. Which is great for the consumer, mm -hmm. not so great for the retailer, because yeah. now I got to I got to sell three times the volume yeah. in order to make the same amount of money. Right, you just keep getting right. squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. Exactly. And eventually, so. you know, not that you were a middleman, but in essence, that's what retail is: exactly. is you're a middleman of getting yeah. it from a manufacturer or distribution to eventual end consumer. That's right. Right. So it An was awful lot uh, of high overhead to to be a, a <laughs> to, to be tight to squeezed out margin. Exactly, yeah. and it was in that time that I uh, that when I was um, winding down the store. Unfortunately, wasn't kind of the smartest move I had made. Mm -hmm. I had found out later, once I started coaching, that there was actually a market to sell my business. So uh, I could have sold it. Right. Um, but uh, we ended up going with, uh, um, you know, industry experts at the time and uh, where they uh, convinced us that liquidating would have been the better right. better route. And uh, so we took that path. I, I mean, I have no regrets. I yeah. mean, but there is some, there is, there's a little, uh, Kind of spilt milk there, where uh, you know we did leave some money on the table, but um, I would but, imagine just even just the business acumen alone, and just taking the discipline and the rigors that you had of as an entrepreneur, and taking that into the realm of real estate, just elevated your game above everybody else. Everybody it, else was just doing it as a hobby and absolutely. just buying one or two places. Here, you bring business acumen, and you treat it like a business, mm -hmm. and you're now, geez, I want to put my money with Brian Pullis, because you guys treat it like an absolute business and not just a mom and pop shop. It, it, exactly, but I did have, um, I wasn't really seeking a lot of Mm -hmm. JV money. Mm -hmm. um, again, I was wanting it to come in organically. I didn't want to have to force any issues. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't looking for, I wanted to make sure that um, as much as the investor was trying to gain knowledge as to how I did things and mm -hmm. who I am and can they trust me, um, the same was the other way around. I didn't want to partner with people that I knew that were going to be exhausting. Mm -hmm. um, so I was able to inform you know people right from the get-go that this is what I'm not and this is what yeah. I am. Yeah. So if you can work within that, then that's great. Yeah. You know, and but if you can't, then I respect the fact that you don't want to put your money with me. Yeah. Sometimes the the last decision criteria is actually the check mm -hmm. and that they can write the check. That's right. Because at the end of the day, you know, for lack of a better term, you're getting into a financial marriage together, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And there's exactly. sometimes that are, there's gonna be cash calls, there's gonna be things that go wrong. And right. are you able to work things out as as a couple, That's right? right. And, and different things there, okay. Like I didn't wanna yeah. rush into, you know, just because somebody was offering me their check didn't mean that I needed to take it. Yeah. So, and I learned that very young in business mm -hmm. is the ability to say no. Mm -hmm. You know, even though it seems like an incredible opportunity, the, the cost to that yeah. could be devastating if not managed correctly. Oh, I, some of, one of the things that I learned early on too is to have a third party come with me to every meeting and mm -hmm. just kind of go, because you know, 
when you're the deal guys and we're you know you're, you're a little bit different than I'm, i get excited around the deal I'm, mm -hmm. i love i'm a deal hound i want to just oh, yeah. i get <laughs> the idea and the, the yeah. f and then when yeah. you get cranking away and you have this ideas with people you just want to just you're gonna global domination that's right, right. Yeah. you just need somebody just as a third party just to kind of sit back and just kind of feel and analyze yeah. things and that's why i bring kareen out to most mm -hmm. of my meetings yeah. that i have with partners because i get her her intuition feel about it mm -hmm. and the only time i ever <laughs> did the deal when she said no we could go on and on about <laughs> how bad that turned out so far but so you know here's the, here's the tip is make sure you listen to your spouse <laughs> right? so, so so the next level of conversation we're going to dive into is when you started getting into um when you hit the wall mm -hmm. and started going into um raising capital mm -hmm. just the first joint ventures and then just past that. And then also when uh, the whole realm of multifamily and, uh, and treating this like a big business, not just a, mm -hmm. not just a hobby. So we're going to be right back and just going to get the cameras reset. So we're here with Brian Polis and we'll be right back. Hey everybody. I'm sure hope you're enjoying today's episode. Just wanted to take a quick pause to today's show and share with you a key real estate team member to help you grow your real estate portfolio. When it comes to funding your income properties, it is critical to take a strategic approach versus a traditional transactional approach to your financing. In order to grow, you will need access to capital. And if you're feeling like you've hit the wall with mortgage qualification, I'd encourage you to speak with one of the team members at Streetwise Mortgages. They've helped thousands of investors scale up their portfolios and also brand new investors get into the game of real estate investing book a time with them to have a custom created financing roadmap. On top of the financing roadmap, you'll receive a summary report on the best 18 Ontario markets to invest your money. To book a planning session and develop your financing roadmap, please email info at streetwisemortgages.com. That's info at streetwisemortgages.com. There'll be a link in the show notes below. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Now back to the show. So Brian and I have just been sitting here in his beautiful corner office and you know, got all the awards <laughs> and all the hardware lined up along the wall yeah. here and you know that doesn't come that didn't come by accident. No. Right? No. Um, I remember when would have been the first time that we we probably would have met. It'd probably be a, a more than a dozen years ago, maybe oh, yeah. even longer than that, and that maybe in fifteen years ago, mm -hmm. pretty close. I think I started in rain in this would have been maybe 02, 04 might have been, 04, Yeah, 05. well, it, I guess it would have been, yeah, um, yeah probably 04, 05. Yeah. I joined Rain in 2003 okay. when they first came to Ontario. Yeah. So I think I was at meet, meeting one or was it maybe from, meeting Maybe two? from a Darren Weeks? Was it was it that same one that maybe like Jules no. joined? Or maybe just after that probably? It was the one right after that, okay. So which I believe was... The top investment town yeah. meeting or something. Right? No, I think it was actually Rain's first actual meeting okay. here that was going to be a regular thing. Mm -hmm. I think the, uh, the meetings prior to that were um, kind of just testing out the grounds here and yep. and if they wanted to come here or not. And I think, um, you know, that uh, that decision was uh, uh, very beneficial for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's um, it was interesting that, uh, um, as, as I mentioned to you, I'm looking at uh, kind of uh, uh, canceling my membership at rain i guess uh, mm -hmm. and uh but um it's w with a little uh with a little sadness mm -hmm. um just in the sense that um you know as you mentioned you know this operation that we've got going here and it's not lost on me that mm -hmm. had it not been for an org organization like rain with the with the great individuals that yeah. were 
you know, kind of running rain and, um, you know, the, the, the members, some of the, some of the friends that I've been able to make, you know, through, uh, uh, through that rain room is just incredible. Yeah. And, uh, so with all of the like-minded individuals mm -hmm. there, that's the sum of this company right. is, you know, is from having a place to, you know, just go and, 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 and kind of share your experiences and, and learn, yeah. you know, and yeah, as this we- This whole thing is lonely. It can be lonely at times. Oh, you absolutely. There, you know, you sit there and go, yeah, there's everywhere, there's a group, this, that, and that. Man, yeah. you know, back then there was nothing, right? And it there was, was nothing, and, yeah. but the incredible thing about the rain room, mm -hmm. um, and I, I've never been involved in any other, so I don't know if this yeah. exists with all, all yeah. groups, so I can only speak about my experience, but um, the incredible thing with the rain room is that how giving your so-called competitor mm -hmm. is. Right. I mean, if you want to look at it that way. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is no organization in the furniture industry yeah. where I could have went to and I can speak to my competitor yeah. and he could and he would actually assist me yeah. in the challenges that I was experiencing. Yeah. But with um, I mean, case in point, um, uh, Wally. Right. Wally Jensen. Wally Jensen. Yes. He um, was instrumental. I heard that name for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, before I had joined yeah. Rain, he was introduced to me by uh, by an individual that uh, was part of the Raymond Aaron group. Yes. And said, well, if you want to get into student housing, you got to talk to Wally. Mm -hmm. So me being incredibly shy, she gives me his phone number and it's like, now I had to call him, cold call him, right? Oh. And it's like, I don't know this guy, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it was one of the hardest things I ever had to do, but I, I got mm -hmm. out of my way and I actually made the call. Yeah. And I mean, I was blown away with mm -hmm. the guy on the other end of that call, yeah. how, how, you know, how receptive he was to sharing with me his nuggets of information mm -hmm. to help me make the next decision, yeah. you know, and it was to invest in, in his neighborhood, invest where I'm investing, yeah. you know, and he, mm -hmm. he showed me, he told me where to go and who to talk to and, you know, and so, although that wasn't a rain experience, but mm -hmm. it was an experience in the sense that, you know, here's a competitor knowing, yeah. you know, giving me advice to set up shop, you know, kind of right down the street for him, so to speak, yeah. right? It's funny, I was just at a conference this weekend and there was a younger, there's an entire new generation coming in and this young fellow comes up and he goes, I can't just believe all these people that they're just so willing to want to talk to me and yeah. share everything. And I said, you, you want to know, the, the, here's the truth from my perspective is, it is lonely, yeah. and when you finally get somebody f picking up the phone and want to talk to you, you can't wait to talk to somebody because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you just want to share everything. Because yeah. it's just so it's so refreshing to actually have a conversation with somebody who gets it. That's right. Right. And then, I think that's that's it right there. It's yeah. so refreshing to be mm -hmm. able to, you know, provide some wisdom that's mm -hmm. going to create some shortcuts yeah. for individuals that are wanting to experience what you're experiencing. Yeah. You know. And, one hundred percent, and I, mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer in if you want to hold yourself accountable and hold yourself account to taking action, talk to other people yeah. and and coach and consult mm -hmm. and share advice to other people. That's it right. holds you accountable to That's doing right. it yourself. Yeah. Right? You know the old saying is here. Here's my here. Please take my advice. I'm not using it. Yeah. <laughs> right? So so it just holds you accountable to to keep moving forward. That's right. Right. And yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so in in the in the journey um, here, we've we've uh, you've uh, the furniture business is gone. Mm -hmm. The student housing, you had a few of those there. You've raised some capital from other people. People keep coming to you. Just you just keep building your infrastructure and keep building your business. Mm -hmm. When was the uh, when was the light bulb moment to get into multifamily investing for you? 
Again, it was kind of organic, right? Yeah. Where, you know, I was buying uh, duplexes, triplexes, yeah. and then an opportunity presented itself for a, um, <coughs> excuse me, a commercial building where it was a bakery on the main floor and there was um, five apartments above. Um, so that would have been my first kind of step into uh, something larger than a duplex, let's say. That's mm -hmm. uh, something that is financed commercially. Um, and um, that one was bought on my own. I purchased mm -hmm. that one on my own. Um, you know, I, I guess my story is, you know, there's a lot, there was, I was able to purchase some properties on my own, mm -hmm. which really, really helped yeah. with building credibility, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, and so that kind of helped me then get into multifamily yeah. as well, right? So by, uh, I bought, uh, when I actually liquidated my furniture business, I went, went on a bit of a buying spree there and ended up buying uh, uh, this, this building I'm speaking of, yeah. as well as two fourplexes that were side by side. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they were built in 2002, so they were actually next to new, uh, where everything else I was buying was actually quite old. Um, so that's kind of where I kind of get started getting into uh, multifamily and started seeing how, you know, it's just, you know, it's just the same as right. everything else I'm doing. It's a matter of fact, a little easier in some ways, mm -hmm. um, a little bit more difficult in others, but um, nothing, right. you know, incredibly challenging. So is your primary business model to buy underperforming multis, um, renovate them, bring up rents, and then just recapitalize, refinance, and you know, and then just wait until the cows come home, <laughs> if, you, if you will. Yeah. What, what, or should I say, send me putting words in your mouth, what is your primary business model? So, I mean, if we talk today, yeah. it's, it's, it's incredibly focused, it's incredibly refined, yeah. um, and incredibly boring, <laughs> okay. right? And, and I love it that way, yeah. right? Um, Whereas in the beginning days, it was the same model, just not quite as refined. Okay. Um, so over the years, we've just continued to, you know, kind of refine the model. Um, and, you know, it, it was all happening, or happening organically, like I say. Mm -hmm. um, I keep using that because I wasn't pushing this. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't see real estate investing as a... Um, a company that I was going to have, which would have the staff that I do and the family working for it. Mm -hmm. It was really just a way for me to supplement my retirement. Mm. And so I started getting involved in business coaching when I closed down my furniture store. Um, and that was a, a, an amazing experience. I really mm -hmm. enjoyed um, you know, working with a lot of the clients that I worked with. And it was there that I started having some light bulb moments that mm -hmm you know, man, have I been cutting myself short as far as, um, you know, the, you know, it's unfortunate that some people learn in their late 40s, mm -hmm. early 50s yeah. of the, you know, of the God's gifts that uh, they've been given. Yeah. And where, you know, we all are brilliant in certain ways. And unfortunately for me, it was late in life when I really started to see you know where my um, where my 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 best use of time is. Right. Right. And um, you know so and that's when things really took yeah. off for me. And and one of our previous phone calls and I was actually thank you for being vulnerable and sharing this with me and and um, you know here here people are probably sitting there going you know look Brian he's you know 16 years and 
90 million. I'm gonna just I'm gonna keep rounding up. It'll be 100 million by the time we're done. <laughs> Kyle's out there probably right now acquiring a property or two. So so uh, uh, and people just say, well, he's got it all figured out, right? Yeah. He just knows everything, right? He's mm -hmm. just you know it's got it all figured out. But you you shared with me that when you first got into this, you you, you didn't you don't recognize the person then that you are now. Absolutely. And you you couldn't even walk up to a person and you didn't have the skill set to even come close to this. So so maybe just share people with a little yeah. bit of that whole evolution as a business person mm -hmm. for you has been because this is a business in real estate, right? So yeah, I mean, to share one story, I think that really kind of defines it all, mm -hmm. right, is my parents were immigrants to this country and mm -hmm. they, my dad was um, educated. He was an air traffic controller actually in, um, in Malta where he was uh, born and raised. Um, when he came to Canada, unfortunately, that education and those skills weren't recognized here. Mm -hmm. And it was just after the Second World War, so therefore, you know, kind of air, air traffic controllers were a dime a dozen, yep. so to speak. And so education was incredibly important to them. And unfortunately, their way of communicating that, I mean, their intention was all good, yep, yep. but unfortunately their way of communicating it though, um, you know, could have, been, could, have, could have been improved on, right. right? So unfortunately in my, you know, for as long as I can remember, um, you know, I thought stupid was my second name, right? And With the back, did you have the back end? Oh, yeah, I had that the was back my mom. And she, was, she had the back end. My yeah. dad would joke is, do you want, do you want instant <laughs> death or do you want slow <laughs> agony? Right? Because he was right-handed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and so as I got older, it was the reference to yeah. school yeah. always was that if you, if you weren't educated, you're stupid. You, if you weren't educated, you're a dummy. If you weren't educated, you're, you're lesser than, right? right? And so, so here I now am a teenager and, you know, I'm, I'm walking around with those beliefs, mm. right? And so I, I got my grade 12, of course, and uh, then uh, took some, um, I mean, I enrolled in college, but um, ended up dropping out when I realized that I was gonna have to live at home that much longer had I, you know, went to school. Mm -hmm. And um, which, uh, which, you know, I mean, you know, it is what it is, right? Yeah. So um, I took uh, night school courses, uh, night school business courses, and, uh, uh, that was that was very beneficial, but here I now am building my businesses mm -hmm. and doing very well in these businesses, but not realizing. I mean, I did realize, of course, that I was shy and I was mm -hmm. introverted and so on, and I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder, but didn't know where the chip came from, and right. certainly didn't, you know, realize, you know, that I was carrying around this luggage with me. And now here I am in my 40s when I finally was working with a tremendous uh, business coach, um, mm -hmm. Stephanie Hanlon, and she helped me uncover this, this chip mm -hmm. on my shoulder yeah. where I was you know, putting people with educations on a pedestal mm. and not really realizing my contribution to that discussion, whatever that discussion wow. is. And uh, so, so that really, you know, when we worked through that, that was a real light bulb moment for me. And it's like, um, you know, it's interesting. Today, I'm dealing with all of those professionals and in many cases, giving them advice, 
you know, <laughs> and uh, and it's not lost on me. At times, yeah. I kind of leave a meeting and I, you know, Chuckle. go and say to my yeah. wife, and it's like, you know, I just had one of those moments again, right? Yeah. And we both just have a little chuckle. I mean, we've been married now for 36 years, so she's watched me grow up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and here's the point I'm trying to get to is a lot of people that are, are I, I'm doing a lot of coaching with um, early 30s, like mm -hmm. people just getting in and, and things like that. And everybody is, everybody thinks that everybody else has things figured out. That's and, right. And, or they think that, you know, I'm 32 and I've only got 11 houses and, and uh, it should be going faster for me. Yeah. Like there's just no patience, mm -hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. so Brian's here to tell you is you didn't get some of these things figured out until mid 40s. No. And no. you're only 47. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, it's like, I mean, I mean, again, I've always done well in business. Yeah. I've always had, I guess, a bit of a gift where, um, I can see things, mm -hmm. you know, in the sense that I can see the path I need to be taking yeah. in a business and just take that next step. Um, and, you know, and, and I mean that in a way that I, I find that a lot of people um, maybe overcomplicate, right. you know, things and um, uh, therefore have a little bit more difficulty because they're right. they're complicating it. But it was just always just one step at a time, just mm -hmm. put the next foot in front of the other and just, and just build. And, um, so I, I had successful businesses. Getting in the coaching was was also very successful. Mm -hmm. um, I've reinvented myself really probably three times. Right. Um, and um, you know it's been wonderful. And it's the interesting thing is is that as you get into the next chapter mm -hmm. of your life um, and reinvent yourself again, you basically say, "Wow, all the experiences mm -hmm. that I had in the first one in, is making this possible." Yeah. And that isn't stopped here. Yeah. You know. And I think I'm, I'm a firm believer that if you ever want to go to the next level in whatever you're doing, you actually first have to, you have to become a new person in mm -hmm. order to get to that level. Yeah. Right. It's, it's one thing to say it and it's one thing to, you know, be aspired to get to it, but mm -hmm. you actually have to do the work on yourself right. in order to get there as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, actually just opened up a, a, a level of conversation and here's some of the things I'm loving about these interviews I'm doing is, is um, sharing the wisdom of people who have, you know, 16 years later, Brian's an overnight success, right? <laughs> 16 years later of, of mm. blood, sweat and tears yeah. and, and, and we can both yeah. attest to a few hair follicles That's lost right. over, the, over yeah. the course of time, um, some more than others. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would you, you know, sitting here and, and you're giving advice to somebody just getting into real estate now mm -hmm. and they're um, cutting their teeth and they're looking to raise some capital now and, and times have changed, mm -hmm. right? And I'm, I'm, I'm here to say that we, we don't have it all figured out of this whole day and age, man, things are going so fast yeah. and quick. And, but fundamentals are fundamentals mm -hmm. when it comes mm -hmm. down to it. So what advice are you giving to uh, people just getting started to you know, build your track record, build your credibility as somebody maybe just getting started now? Great question. And you know, it's interesting. I had this, this same conversation on a long drive from a fishing trip yesterday with a, with a really, really close friend of mine. Now this friend of mine has um, done some real estate investing, mm -hmm. has purchased some houses, also owned some businesses. Matter of fact, we were business partners in the furniture uh, business that I had had. Um, and my advice to him was, because he's, he's considering retirement, and he's looking at what that picture would look like, and um, he'll be still relatively young. He'd be in his uh, 60s when, uh, early 60s when he retires, and kind of a little concerned that he's going to be a little bored and mm -hmm. kind of doesn't like the kind of fixed income uh, part of that either, and would like to still be involved in things that perhaps 
could uh, could really uh, turn things around, or not turn things around as much as make things a bit exciting yeah. for him at that time. So we talked about what he needs to be doing today. Mm-hmm. So you know the what you're going to be doing as far as what you're going to be investing in and and um, what your model look like and and all of that is to me secondary. Right. Right. The, the first part is educating yourself, which is really part of, by educating yourself, you'll quickly then find out what it is you're going to be acquiring as mm-hmm. far as buildings and so on. But it's now getting out there and sharing what you're learning right. with, the, you know, with the people that are around you. Mm-hmm. And because in my experience, if this is our first conversation, and you're sitting there and you're saying, wow, I really like what I'm hearing here, yep. okay? It's probably gonna be two years though before you're actually going to invest with me. Right. You see, because the average person takes, well, first off, I learned two things, seven touches, mm-hmm. okay? Um, which basically means, seven touches basically means that we need to see each other. Yeah, and, and that's seven, so you're just talking, essentially you're talking in a marketing sequence. Exactly. From, from initial lead to eventually a person um, a converting to an investor. Exactly, right. and and rather than saying lead, because yeah. that can um, refer True. to the yes. fact that, um, you know, you actually came with that intention. Right. It's the first conversation. Right. So okay. I could be at a barbecue party. I could be, you know, I could be anywhere right. and just have a conversation with somebody mm-hmm. and they say, wow, I really like what you were just saying there. Yeah. Right. And I'll always ask, you know, let me know if you'd like to learn more and mm-hmm. I'll send you an email with some, in- so yep. some information. And that will usually, people will say, yes, definitely send me that information. Yep. Okay. Um, but the, you know, the whole thing is though, is that um, doing it organically and just by basically sharing the information with others, mm-hmm. people will usually then ask questions. Right. And then what you just do is you just have a servant's heart and you want to serve what's mm-hmm. best for them mm-hmm. and without any intention. That's Your right. intention is to help. That's right. And lo and behold, through conversations, this is just, it, it happens like gravity, lo and behold, through because you're probably just as happy if that person you have that conversation with goes and does it himself. Oh, exactly. Because it, that's the end of the day, you want them to win. Exactly. A matter of right. fact, this friend that I'm talking yeah. about, and I, I said that to him. Yeah. I said that to him yesterday. Yep. I said, do you not remember our very first conversation yep. or several conversations about real estate investing? Yep. He says, like, I wasn't looking for you to invest with me, although mm-hmm. I knew that that could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. I knew that that might be something that where you may say yep. that, hey, I'm pretty busy with my day job yep. and I don't have the time. I says, but no, you chose to go and do it yourself, which yep. was fantastic. And yes. I've always supported you in that, yep. right? And so so the whole messaging to him yesterday was really about, you know, positioning yourself now yep. to be able to be the professional that you need to be to, in order to be able to receive the money, yep. you know, when the individual is ready. Right. So it's about, you know, so by having those conversations today with these people yep. and understanding it takes seven touches, so I need to see you seven mm-hmm. times and have these conversations perhaps yep. seven times because sure you 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 were interested in what I said last time yep. but you walked away and had now more questions right and you didn't quite feel comfortable to pick up the phone or or email yep. me and I'm not following up because I'm not pushing this relationship I'm yep. looking for you to push the relationship yep. and so you know and I and as I and I've actually had that conversation with people including my own sister I remember one time you know, and, and she, I think she found it a bit amusing. It's like I said to her, I'm not gonna call you. 
Yeah. Right. So, you know, if I don't hear from you, then I, I'm just going to assume that you weren't interested and yeah. that's fine, too. Yeah. Right. And she didn't, <laughs> you know, yeah. and but but that's OK. Yeah. It's like is, um, you know, I, I just used to spell out what the next step is going to look like. Wow. Right. So so to, to really just bookend what, what you're, you're really saying is, you know, the advice you use is advice you've lived mm -hmm. is is um, slow down, take the time. And it, it takes time. It takes the time it takes. Yes. So number one. And, and I use the analogy quite often whenever I have these conversations is, um, so first of all, here's a master chef that's handed you a chocolate cake recipe. Mm -hmm. The best chocolate cake mm -hmm. in the world. The right ingredients, the right dash of this, just from all the experience you've had, you've perfectly handed everybody a recipe for success. Now don't mess with it. <laughs> don't mess with it. But here's the thing. A lot of people want to go, well, I want it quick. I want it. And the, and the thing says 400 degrees for mm -hmm. 30 minutes. If you crank the temperature up to 700 degrees, doesn't mean it's going to be cooked in 10 minutes. Exactly. It still it still yeah. takes that amount of time for it yeah. to, to, to bake. You know, I think, um, though, where the conversation needs to start for an individual is, and I played this exercise exactly with this friend of mine yesterday, mm -hmm. and that is, is that what do we, what does the end of the day look like? Right. So what are you looking for? Mm -hmm. Is it to just have something to do? Mm. Okay. Because if it's just something to do, then you might not necessarily need to get a joint venture partner. Yeah. And if you do, maybe that building would be a little different than um, if you're looking at mm -hmm. uh, creating an income. Yeah. Well, that's no different than everybody should, no matter where, what phase you are in your life, you need to ask this question. Because I, I have multiple conversations with people in their early 30s that... Um, the investing needs to fit with your lifestyle mm -hmm. for one. Like they sit there and they go, they both have careers, they both have in the small family and children. And then lo and behold, they want to go out and tackle a, a condo conversion project of something right. like, that just don't work. Right. Yeah. You have to also, it has to fit within your lifestyle. So an option could be as to a smaller turnkey property mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you maybe, or even just a fund, no different yeah. than what you guys offer here. And, you know, and I don't know the returns and yeah, things yeah. like that, but, but it might be better off with less time and effort to write a check over to somebody and get a 14% return on their money yeah. that way, because you don't, have the time to, to take on that exactly and that's where it's so important to you know kind of sit down yeah. with um, perhaps an individual that um, that has uh, you know some business acronym to be able to sit down and, and kind of define what it is you're looking to to mm -hmm. build yeah. so is it something and where where this here has a bit of a you know bone of contention for me is mm -hmm. you know watching real estate investors get into this business with the intent of very quickly getting to a point where they're doing it full time. Right. And as much as there's some success stories of mm -hmm. how that's worked, um, there's a whole number of train wrecks that yeah. we can talk about yeah. that, uh, that didn't work. And yeah. it's because they were, and, and notice in my language, you know, I keep using that organic, organic, yes. organic, right? Yeah. Um, I had the business experience, which was fortunate for me, of knowing and watching individuals and in not just real estate investing, but in other businesses where they're, you know, kind of where they're where they're growing way too fast, yep. and they're not they're 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 not kind of backfilling and putting in the proper infrastructure to be able to handle the weight of what they're doing. That was the biggest mistake I made <coughs> uh, investing. This was adding way too many properties way too quick without having, without having the 
back-end infrastructure to support it. And, you know, to be honest, the only thing that was supporting it was a market that was rising at extremely yeah. fast rate. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I <laughs> I had it all figured Well, I had it all figured out. The market was going up, making a whole bunch of money left to right, keep refinancing, keep pulling equity out, keep investing over here. And just, you know, buying more is not a symbol that you're actually being successful. Exactly. Because right? yeah. it's, it it's a house of cards yeah. in, in some respects. And, I've, you know, I don't have to go hash into many of the big mistakes I've made along the way, but there's been mm-hmm. a lot of them. Um, all right, so I'm going to just do another real quick recap, uh, a reset of the cameras. And the next segment, what I want to, us to dive into, a little bit about the business model that you have of, you know, your apartment buildings, um, mm-hmm. refurbishing and getting that. But, but I want to talk about raising, I want to transition from somebody who's maybe got started, maybe somebody now has got 25 places Mm -hmm. and now they're maybe considering getting into public money. And everybody wants to, everybody thinks it's all sexy and fun. (laughs) And, you know, I'm going to just go out and I'm going to put on events and wine and cheese diners and mixers and mingles. And and I'm just going to raise money from the, from the public. Yeah. Um, I imagine there's a few stories we could talk around, uh, around that transition from making the leap into raising capital. I I guess my sarcasm would say, good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, so yeah, that, uh, that's a conversation in itself, of course. And I'm, Looking forward to kind of well, sharing we'll start that the, with We'll you. start the primer. We'll, okay. we'll get people. We'll give some people things to consider before making the transition if they're ready to make the transition. Some the answer might be is maybe the answer is let's just keep going, joint ventures and keep the roacher going. Who knows, right? But there is some consideration for there. Absolutely. Okay, so we'll yeah. just reset the cameras and we'll be right back. So, what did you think? Good start to, to, to this episode, eh? This, this, like I said, it's a two-parter. Um, this was just, you know, it was the long-form video interview, parts one and part two. We're in this episode, which is episode 94. One of the next episodes, episode 95, will most likely be part three and part four, the conclusion to this story. So, what was your key take- takeaways? Um, did you get a sense of what the possibilities could be? Like truly from starting with one single family student rental, you know, and Brian used the term, I believe it's in this episode that he used the term called organic growth, slow and steady wins the race, just one property at a time. So that is something that you maybe want to take away from this episode is just slow and steady organic growth. Keep moving forward. Okay, gang, so I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please leave some feedback. Please share the message with somebody else out there. If you're at some networking event or you're in a mastermind group or you're talking to somebody who's just interested in real estate and they're just the conversation of, where are you getting your inspiration, man? You seem like you're so on fire right now. Where are you getting this information from that you're learning all this stuff from? Just pass it my way. I'm listening to the Russell Westcott podcast. That's where I'm getting all my fire from. And that's why I'm just rocking and rolling. Okay, gang, you know how we end each and every one of these episodes and every interaction you have with another person. Always, always, always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? 
Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now. Bye for now.